Welcome to this Be A Better Speaker podcast and I want to take the opportunity in this podcast to urge you to take a risk, to take a risk in your next presentation. Now, whenever I talk about presentations in this podcast, I'm talking about however it is that you might have to use standing up, uh, maybe on Skype, maybe digital, maybe face-to-face, but any time that you are trying to persuade or inform or um, to, to, to work with, to sell, to influence a group of other people. Now, whether this is a sales pitch, whether it's speaking to your board or to some senior stakeholders within your organisation, whether it is a regular one-to-one, uh, one-to-one, one-to, uh, one-to-group, uh, whether it's uh, sort of those, those team meetings that people often have daily or weekly, um, whether it's a, a, a regular get-together on something like Skype um, and uh, you, you all have to dial in and listen to each other, any time that you need to uh, inform, influence, explain, make a sale, any of those situations. It also, of course, applies to situations like conferences or speeches. And I'm going to urge you in this episode... Um, to start considering the benefits of taking a risk. Now, I don't know how good a speaker you are right now. I've got to assume that um, whether or not you, you, you're pretty good, or, or at least you think you're pretty good, and uh, you're, you're listening to this podcast to try and get some new ideas, to, to improve, to finally hone, whether perhaps you've been doing it for a while and maybe you feel a little jaded and want some fresh input... Maybe you've um, maybe you've come to the conclusion you're not very good. I'll, I'll say that quietly, just in case. Or maybe you're brand new. I, I I don't know. But what I do know is that many, 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 many people absolutely massively self-edit themselves so that when they speak, when they present, they pretty much end up doing a really vanilla, very safe, very small C conservative version of how they might really like to present their piece of information. Now, I'm treading carefully. I'm not urging that you offend anybody. I'm not suggesting you suddenly go wacky and crazy. Um, I'm not suggesting you go different for the sake of being different. Although, as you do this, as you consider this, it might end up that you do offend somebody. It might end up that you are wacky. It might end up that you are different in the, in your style of presentation. I'll deal with all of those in a moment. But what I'm considering, uh, sorry, what I'm proposing is that you consider why you need to take some risks when you present. And here's what often happens. Often within an organisation, we tend to present like everybody else does. There's almost a corporate hypnosis thing going on. So we tend to do what we see everybody else do. If there's a regular round robin, if there are several um, of you and your colleagues that all have to to present back to a perhaps a senior leadership team, for example, everybody pretty much does the same format. It's fairly normal that if you're um, pitching for business, you perhaps have had some guidance from your organisation, from your business. But it's also highly likely that you've actually pretty much picked up some of the habits, both good and bad, 
from whoever you were first working with when you joined the business. So somebody perhaps more senior, more experienced, has shown you the way that they do it. And you start to present in the same way that they presented. And the problem of this is that it's really easy as human beings to start tuning out. Now, you only need to think about your own reaction when you've seen some less than sparkling speakers yourself. You, you've sometimes found yourself pretending to take notes and you've, you've put your serious face on, you've gone, mm, yeah, 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 as, as somebody's been speaking. But really what you've been doing is replying to an email. You'll sometimes hear it on uh, dial-in calls, um, whoever's speaking, and they've done a really long, long ramble about sales figures or whatever the new policy is. And out of the blue, they'll suddenly say, Dave, what do you think? And you will almost be able to imagine Dave on the other line scrambling for the phone because he was sat there making toast and drinking a cup of tea and looking out the window. He wasn't listening. They go, yeah, um, uh, you, ooh, yes, I'm just thinking about what my reaction is. And you can just tell Dave wasn't engaged. And part of the reason for all of this, right, part of the reason for all of this is that when presenters, speakers, salespeople get into this regular pattern of presenting as an audience, we know what's coming next. Now, regardless of the content, we know the format. We know that we're going to see a PowerPoint slide and the guy's going to go, I'll just tell you a little bit about our organisation before we get started. Or there's me, that's my name, that's who I am. And <clears throat> it goes through a process. And the predictability of the process makes it incredibly difficult to tune in. So even if, right, even if you are the most dedicated person on the team and you want to know about every communication with the business, it's hard to tune in because there's nothing to make you want to tune in. In fact, I would urge you right now to think honestly of all the stuff that you have to present to your teams of all the conferences you've, you've, you've attended, of all the speakers you've heard, how many of them really bolted you in and got you wanting to listen to the next bit, the next stage? Our reality is probably very few. And what happens is <clears throat> people tend to want to do the same thing as everyone else because we don't want to stand out. We don't want to get noticed. Now, this is in part a sensible move. Um, and, and I'm absolutely not suggesting you do anything that's politically stupid. Of course, I'm not suggesting you take a risk that's going to get you into trouble. I'm not suggesting you take a, a risk that's going to lose you the business or make people think less of you. But I am suggesting you consider some small measured risks to try and get noticed. To stand out. To be different, not because... You're being different for different sake, but because you want to get noticed. Now, if you even consider this just briefly, you will. It, it, it's obvious. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's it's so obvious. It's the kind of thing that we sometimes overlook. You're standing up at a conference. You're the only one facing that way. There are tens or hundreds or thousands of people facing the other way. You're microphoned up, and all the lights are on you. It's not a natural situation and you are trying to be noticed. If you then present in a style that absolutely makes you blend in with everybody else, frankly, what was the point? You have to be prepared to take some risks so that you do get noticed. 
The same applies to those weekly or daily sales meetings or, or update meetings for your team. Even if they are just five minutes long, even if they are just, I need to tell you this, this and this, this are some things that have happened this week, these are, well, I need to update you on. Surely, if you're going to the effort of doing that, if you're going to the time of making your team, your 10, 15, 20 people sit down and listen to you, it would be more valuable if they took in and even acted on some of what you told them. If you're all just doing it because you're all just doing it, it's frankly a waste of time. So let's get away from this idea of trying to just get it through, get it done, get it the same as everybody else, and let's start to stand out and get noticed. So how do you get noticed? Well, I come back to the whole topic of this podcast. You need to start taking some risks. What are some of the things that you want to do, but you haven't done yet? Because you're worried. What if they don't work? What if they're not right? And all the, the, uh, the, the worries and concerns that I mentioned earlier. So typically, there are people who have amazing senses of humour who just will not allow that to shine through on those little uh, daily or, or weekly meetings. You could allow a little sense of humour to start to come through. PowerPoint. Okay, I've mentioned PowerPoint a lot. I think PowerPoint is an incredible tool. I think it's fantastic to, to, to bring ideas to life. I think it gives a focal point. I think um, you're able to, to, to illustrate exactly what you're talking about. The problem is that nearly everybody doesn't use it for that. Nearly everybody uses PowerPoint because it gives them a prompt. They know what's coming up. And you have seen, as have I, you may have even done this yourself, those people who stand there and read the slides to you. And to make matters worse, they give you a copy of those slides so you can follow along with your finger. And there's a brief test you can do here. If somebody emails you and says, look, I can't make your presentation, I can't make your conference, I'd love to know what it's about, though. could you email me the slides, please? If you email them slides and they can pretty much get from the slides the whole content of what you were going to do, your slides are too detailed. So perhaps for you a risk would be stop doing PowerPoint. There, I said it. What if you did your next presentation without PowerPoint? What if you fed back to some senior people or your team or at a conference in front of the entire organisation without PowerPoint. Now I can't guarantee it, but I'm pretty sure you would be the only person to do it without PowerPoint. I know this because I've been doing this for 20 years. Has it always worked? No, there's the risk element. Have I sometimes considered that actually I would have been better off with some slides? Yeah, I would have done. But those are very, very small moments and times when in fact the vast majority of things were considerably better. In fact, I've had feedback from delegates overflowing with joy that there were no slides. I've had specific feedback, and yeah, not once or twice, numerous times. Most times I present, if the audience is big enough, somebody or somebodies will say, I love the fact there wasn't PowerPoint. It was great. You were just talking with us. You were sharing ideas. You were asking us questions. We were, we were getting involved. It felt more interactive. Now, there are risks of not using PowerPoint. You may forget your content. You may um, feel like it's not as professional as somebody who does have PowerPoint. But that's pretty much it for risks. Whenever I give this advice to people, by the way, um, 
often what will happen is somebody says, yeah, Graham, it's all very well you saying don't use PowerPoint. It's all, by the way, I'm not saying don't use PowerPoint. I'm saying maybe you should consider that for you. If it feels like a risk, but you feel you could present without PowerPoint, give it a go. Right? That might be your risk that you need to try. However, these people will sometimes say, you're saying don't use PowerPoint. We have to use PowerPoint. It's expected. At which point, there's two, there's two issues there. First of all, you have to use PowerPoint. Well, you don't, do you? I mean, without being flippant about it, you do not have it in your contract. Thou shalt use PowerPoint whenever you present. No, that, that's not true. So when I, when I challenge that, they'll then say, oh, no, 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 we don't have to use it, but it's expected. Uh, well, that's a different point, isn't it? You see, the thing is, it is expected. And whilst I don't wish you to get into trouble, if politically it's sensible that you use PowerPoint, use PowerPoint. When I present to certain teams, when I pitch certain work, I use PowerPoint. Because not to do so would go past risk and would be detrimental to what I was attempting to achieve. But most times it's just a risk and it's a good risk and it pays off. And the reason it pays off is because it is expected. So when I turn up and go, right, hello, let's get chatting and this is what we're doing. You can see a momentary confusion, a momentary joy. You can see people's eyes widen. You can see people relax because they're not going to be subjected to that long, tedious 397 slides. So maybe that's your risk. I mentioned they're asking questions. And and actually, one of the things about questions is um, there's something very wonderful that happens when you ask a question to an audience. I, I don't know if you can imagine right now, if week after week after week, you've been listening to your manager who's been telling you the stats for the previous week or whatever, and all of a sudden, they walked out and said, so, before we get started, I'm really excited because um, something amazing's happened. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. But before we get into that, I'm wondering what questions have you got about uh, the new report that came out this week? Now, in doing that, when you say, I'm very excited about something that's coming up, I'll tell you about it later, you're implying a question. You're allowing your audience to go, huh? You're not spoon-feeding them. You're giving the audience the opportunity to start using their brains. How good would that be? How amazing would it be if you walked out into a conference, instead of start talking about who you are, how long you've been in the industry, start running your slides. You can feel yourself slipping into semi-consciousness, even as I explain this. How amazing do you think it could be if you walked out and said, what's the biggest threat facing our industry today? And you let that question hang there. Now, if somebody stuck their hand up, brilliant. You can start to answer it. If nobody sticks their hand up, and let's be honest, that's more likely, you just hold it for a second. You go, that is what I'm going to be talking about today. And then you're into your presentation. Hey, you could even rock out the PowerPoint slides at that stage if you wished. Questions are underused in presentations. People tend to stick the questions at the end. They tend to go, I'll throw the floor up to questions. Are there any questions? And you know as well as I do, there are never any questions. Unless you've planted them. And everybody knows it's a planted question. Whenever you allow five minutes for questions, there's always 30 minutes worth of questions. And it's nearly always the annoying guy who's got some bee in his bonnet about something. 
You don't need that, not at the end. Or you'll say, right, okay, we've got a few minutes for questions, and nobody, nobody but nobody but nobody will ask a question. You'll stand there feeling like the world is swallowing you up. I'm not proposing you do that. That's horrible, it's awful, it's messy. I'm proposing you start dropping in questions to your audience. That might feel like a massive risk to you. I've been doing it for a long time, and I know it works really, really well. Questions could be something you take as a bit of a risk. What might that do to the quality of your presentation? Or if you really want to go for something that's slightly riskier, why don't you invite your audience to do something? Before we start, I want you to consider this slide that I've just put up, right? So you put a slide up, you give them some information, you, you pass it around if it's a small group. I'm going to ask you in your groups, I'm going to ask you for the person next to you, look at that spreadsheet. What story do those numbers tell you? I'm going to invite you, say you're talking to a group of engineers, I've, I've put the, the latest drawing for whatever the plans are for whatever product it is you make. Take a look at that please and find the three areas that aren't working as well as they should or find the new innovation that we're really excited about or in other words, rather than spoon feed, invite your audience to do something. Now again, think about these three areas I've just talked about. I've, I've talked about PowerPoint, not using PowerPoint. I've talked about asking questions to your audience. I've talked about giving your audience an activity, something to do. Now, if these feel like massive risks to you, I can tell you right now, they pretty much nearly always work. By no means every single time but most of the time, well into the 90-something percent of the time, they will work. Why? Because of what I said right at the start of this podcast. We go and see speakers, we listen to our managers, we have our senior team present some information to us, and it's pretty much always the same. It doesn't matter how important it is, it doesn't matter how supposedly earth-changing it is, it doesn't matter how senior or well-respected uh, and knowledgeable the person speaking is. When it comes down to it, what we're seeing and experiencing is exactly the same person to person to person. So, I suggest to you, as a result of listening to this podcast, perhaps you will consider taking some more risks. Considering carefully the risk you want to take, and I've given you three that you might want to play with. Not using PowerPoint, asking questions to your audience, or giving them an activity, giving them something to do. You pick your moments. And so we're absolutely clear, I'm not suggesting you walk into your senior board meeting uh, where, where the board is sat there and then give them an activity. Of course I'm not suggesting you to do that. But I am suggesting you could, in the way that I demonstrated, ask a question, allow it to hang there and then move on with the rest of what you're doing. So start to take risks. Get away from blending in. Understand the moment you take a risk, whether it goes well, whether it goes averagely, or whether occasionally it doesn't go very well at all. You're going to stand out more. But that's what you wanted, right? So uh, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you on this podcast. I look forward to hearing your comments, your questions, your observations. I think you're able to leave a voicemail message for me if you'd like to do that. Alternatively, drop me a message via all the usual channels. Would be great to, uh, to catch up with you. And I'll bring you a new topic very soon. Thanks for now.